your favorite sports podcast. We're Money Cup and BS Rock. Yeah, get used to seeing that Lakers logo next to LeBron James. You won't see him in this Cleveland Cavalier uniform ever again, one wouldn't think. LeBron leaving Cleveland for L.A. Yeah, that was DeMarcus Cousins getting the call from the Warriors that he was getting a one-year $5.3 million deal. With your host, Alex Dreisick. Welcome back to Moose's Mulligans with me, your host, Alex Streisak. Your favorite sports podcast for money talks and BS walks. Excellent. Check us out at moosesmulligans.weebly.com. Give us a like at facebook.com slash moosesmulligans. We're brought to you by Riverside Ballet Arts, which is your home for children and adult ballet, exercise, Pilates, and then contemporary and jazz dancing. Give them a call at 951-653-0220 or go to RiversideBalletArts.net. All right, let's see what we're going to look at on this show today. Let's let's start you off with the LeBron James and DeMarcus Cousins thing. I received a lot of information on from you guys. No thanks. So most of you were very happy that LeBron went to L.A. I know not all of you. But uh, everyone seemed to think it was a good fit for him with the Lakers. The Lakers needed a superstar like that at the center of their team. And uh, I know, it's to me, it still seems like Kobe's team. But Kobe's not there anymore. And it is in L.A. And Magic Johnson wanted LeBron there. And I'm sure every Laker fan honestly wanted him there. He's the most talented player in the world right now. And you have him. So, what's more appealing to me about the Lakers in the future here is next year. Not this up- upcoming year. I know they signed Ra- Rajon Rondo for one year and uh, Lance Stevenson for one year, JaVale McGee for one year. But I'm, I'm more interested to see what happens to them next year. These guys are all on one-year deals. So I, I could see them building towards the future. I'm hearing rumors of Lonzo Ball being on the trading block already for some prospects back. I know they were trying to get Kawhi Leonard for him, but... I, I don't think the Lakers are built for this year. I mean, because, I mean, look at the Warriors right now. I, I think LeBron signing the four-year deal is all we need to see to realize that this isn't going to be a immediate process. Of course, LeBron immediately makes them contenders. I mean, look what he did with this Cavaliers team. Look what he's done with Cavaliers teams in the past, and he's even more refined now than ever. But as he's getting older, he's, he's committed for four years now, which means this first year... I think the Lakers obviously be much better. I think they'll be a playoff team. I mean, probably a top four seed in the West, which is very, very good. The West is very difficult. But I'm more looking at them as a future team because if they can get some prospects more around LeBron, they got Kuzma and Ball right now and uh, Josh Hart. But, I mean, if they add on to that, it's, it's going to be dangerous. They, they can still build for the future right now. I'm not saying it's this year, and part of why I'm saying it's not this year is the DeMarcus Cousins signing. Uh, about 75% of you said you are not okay with the DeMarcus Cousins signing for $5.3 million, I think it was, to the Warriors. Now, 
he's probably not going to be ready for the regular season. I'm hearing December is a good time to think he might be back. But with him, if he comes back even to three quarters of what he was as a player, he's going to get some wide open shots on that team. And we'll see if he can cash in on it. The only thing that doesn't really fit the Warriors with him is they're very good at the fast break and transitions on defense. And DeMarcus Cousins ain't that. And the New Orleans Pelicans fans will tell you firsthand. When he was there, they were much slower tempo and much more set up to play with him and Davis. Uh, once he left, Davis is able to run the fast break. And it looked really good, actually. The Pelicans with Oladipo and everything looked really good. Yeah, that's possible. Now, so... I still think he does improve the team for sure compared to their last centers. And with their young uh, their young core still behind him, you know, with, with Bell, it really does open up the ability for DeMarcus Cousins to not rush back. It really does open up a chance for DeMarcus Cousins to take the time necessary to get better. And when he does get better, he's not pressured to play 30, 35 minutes and be the top scorer for his team. So, it does seem like a good fit for both sides. I don't like the money, though. I think he should have had more than $5.3 which is the league minimum for a veteran at that case. So, I think that was a little bogus. And that leaves them for some room to help improve their bench a little bit, which they obviously don't need. So, if it were a little more money for one year, like ten mil, I would not be complaining as much. But 5.3, that's pushing it. That's pushing it, man. So besides cl complaining about the NBA and the Warriors and how the Warriors are ruining the NBA. Don't even try. Like always. Let, let's look at another topic real quick. Um, the World Cup. The semifinals are set at Belgium against France. That's going to be a good one to watch. I'm so excited for that. And the other semifinal is going to be England with Croatia. Now... I was kind of waiting until the World Cup was over to do a full recap because games were happening so much and this was a weekly show. Awesome! But there's a, there's two things I really wanted to talk about at this World Cup that have come up. Is that all the South America teams were eliminated very quickly. Brazil was knocked out and they were honestly, the they were the last one left that really had a really any shot of this. I mean, we saw Uruguay get knocked out. We saw Argentina get knocked out. It, it was not a good year for the for South America. And you would think it would be with Messi and then Uruguay as Suarez and Brazil as Neymar. So the question becomes... Now, I'm not fully blaming how South Americans played in the World Cup. I mean, we ran into a Belgium team that was hot as hell in the first half with... Oh my god, with Company and De Bruyne having their Man City chemistry. That was beautiful. That was a beautiful thing to see. But it's more like we're not getting to see Messi play in the semifinals. And I know Ronaldo's not South American, but we don't get to see him in the semifinals. It, it, it was kind of disappointing for me to see that none of the South American teams made it after they are so hyped. Uruguay, Brazil, Argentina, they are always so hyped going into this, especially Brazil this time, that getting knocked out all before the semis is disappointing. That not one of them could be in the top four. That That's just mind-boggling to me with how good their talent's supposed to be. But then again, i got to tip my cap to the European teams. I mean, Russia almost made it today too over Croatia, forcing the 
corner, uh, that yesterday, excuse me, uh, forcing the shootout. That was unbelievable game. And I got to tip my cap to Russia. I was talking a lot of crap for their easy pool. They did a great job against an old Spain team. Not the best Spain team. Obviously, they've had their struggles. But they did do a good job against a good team. And then they took Croatia down to the last shot. The last shot. And that's unbelievable. I'm, I got to just tip my cap to these European teams because they did such a good job this year. I mean, we're seeing the chemistry between Croatia. All these players kind of have played together for a while now, and it's really clicking. We saw it definitely with Belgium. It's a little, it's a little more hit and miss. They'll have halves, and then they'll have halves, if you know what I mean. But to see the chemistry seems to be the most important thing. So to tie that into the U.S., I think... You know, the United States needs to learn from this. They need to start playing young guys together earlier so that they can get the chemistry. I don't I don't care how many times they're losing with these young guys because they're already losing the U.S. They're already not making it. You ain't first, you're last. So they might as well start building for the future because they're hosting one in 2026, so they better get ready for that. They, if they want to seriously make an impact, they got to start getting these young guys ready now. That's really the main thing... I I've learned from this World Cup is that chemistry does matter and if you're gonna take between young and experienced you should take young I think the French team really proves that Mbappe has become a star at age 19 and there were plenty of times where a player like that wouldn't actually be starting at this time but he's shown he can do it I mean if anything we should learn I know nobody could be Pele but he stepped in at a very young age and the, you know, the team stayed together for a while, and they uh, led the World Cup championships. So I think that's what we need to learn here in the U.S., is keep these guys together while they're young. Keep them on the same team and just ride the tide with them, because they will come, and they will be competitive. That's all we're asking for. The other thing I learned is I, I do not like penalty kicks. And if you read my Twitter, you understand why. I, I just think penalty kicks to decide a game... Are like if the MLB after the 12th inning said, well, we're still tied. So we're going to have a home run derby. So the Yankees get Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. And, you know, you can pick three other guys. You know, Gary Sanchez, D.D. Gregorius, and Clint Frazier. Okay, home run derby. Let's go. I, I, I don't, uh, I can't. Uh... And they're going against what? Maybe the A's will have a chance with Matt Olson and Chris Davis. The, the point is, is like. You're, the penalty kick already is ridiculous to me in soccer. But then you also add in the fact that that's deciding the game. And, God, it's just like if the goalie guesses. I know they say there's a skill to it. Of course there's a skill to it. It's a, it's a very hard thing to do in a sport. Of course there's skill involved in that. Everything that's hard to do in a sport is skill involved. Even easy things still have skill because they can get monotonous. But the point I'm making is if I'm watching soccer for 120 minutes... I'm not going to mind another 30 minutes with those guys getting tired where someone's going to make a mistake. I don't mind keep watching. I know they're afraid players are going to get hurt, but they already have rules where if someone gets hurt, you can't sub them out. So you have to play with 10 men or the guys to play through the injury. So that means they're not really caring about injuries. So let them play. I, I don't mind watching another 30 minutes. I'm sure other people mind, but I don't. I think I, think I want to watch them score a goal to win it. I don't want to see any, any of these waiting and then penalty kicking and then I, all it is is because one guy blasted over a crowd. No, it, let's actually win the game by playing the game. 
We're not going to put a T on a baseball field and play T ball after the 12th inning. Or, you know, there's a travel ball rule, the California tiebreaker, where it's first and second, nobody out to start every inning and extra innings. We're not going to do that. We're not going to have to, the 12th inning, have a home run derby. We're not in basketball going to have a free throw competition or a, th- or a three point competition when the first overtime's over. And, you know, in, in football, they do have a tie, but in the playoffs, I, they're doing a better job with the the overtime situation where if they get a field goal, the other team gets the ball back. But I think no matter what, the other team should get the ball back. There's a lot. Football's a different. Football's always a difference. Right? I don't want to talk about them. The one sport that's finally doing something that makes sense, and I want to shout them out, is the National Hockey League. Going three versus three in overtime is so cool because there's more scoring when it's spread out, and it's still hockey. They're still playing hockey. It's still a go- trying to score a goal on ice. It is awesome. Maybe soccer could do something like a nine-on-nine. Nine. I know guys are going to be tired, but guess what? The hockey players are still tired. Maybe make it so they have more subs that can come back in. I don't know. There's some, There could be a cool soccer rule where when we get to nine-on-nine, nine, you have three guys that are sitting out, and they can switch in anytime and the other guy goes out and waits and hey it's called scoring it's really exciting when teams score and in soccer there isn't much of it as it is so i guess penalty kicks are the most excitement people get out of it but i think there needs to be a better way to settle these games and i know i'm gonna get a lot of hate mail from you guys on that so send it in because uh, this is this is just i think my personal opinion and i if you share it with me send it in to me because I know some of you on Twitter were, were agreeing that it's it's too much for it to be decided by penalty kicks. There should be a different kind of overtime system. All right, it's time for the final call of the week, which is brought to you by Somewhat Ace Band. Check them out at somewhatace.band.com. Their new album, Introducing Somewhat Ace, is out. It's on iTunes, Spotify, and on their website. They also threw out the first pitch at the Lake Elsinore Storm game. So Lake Elsinore Storm are high A, it's class A, uh, high, you know, above regular A. It's hard. You know, minor league baseball systems are. Well, they're the Padres affiliate, and, you know, I've been to a lot of those games and love it. They got to throw out the first pitch there, and it was a good toss by Ethan. I, I liked it. You know, it was a little in front of the rubber, but still a good toss, and the Storm uniform looked good. Uh, look, looked almost as good as how good that album sounds. So check them out at somewhatacebandcom But let's get to the final call here. My final call is that I want to point out how important in baseball it is. All right, let's get your final call for the week. The last thing I'm going to leave you on this week is I want to make sure I get across how important it is in baseball that we do not get lost in the stats. There's this thing called the eye test. So last, it was two nights ago, I was watching the Angels game, and I had some Dodger fans sit next to me, and my old college teammate, David Fletcher, who's <laughs> unbelievable, when you get to see him in practice, it's, it's beautiful to watch. He's just so good at baseball, so his mental IQ in baseball is off the charts. And that's what I'm talking about. There's this stat that we don't really have. We can kind of make it up for clutchness. You know, we can't really know. I mean, we, we look, oh, what are shots in the last three seconds? Oh, what's he batting the runners in scoring position? But there's also this baseball IQ and 
clutchness. Now, you know, Willie Mays is like the perfect example of being a baseball savant. Well, because I got to see it firsthand, I can tell you that David Fletcher has this. Great prospect for the Angels. Love watching him play all the time. Still love watching him play. And he just, he does things that don't get on the stack sheet, which are incredible plays at third, second, and short, and they've been playing him in right. And his intelligence was really shown off when Shoyo Otani walked, and Otani's a tying run. Otani steals second, throw goes into center. He's at third with two outs now. And the next pitch, Fletcher jumps on a high fastball and ropes it into left field to tie the game. There's your clutchness. And the whole story is that I'm sitting there watching the game, and I look at the two Dodger fans after Otani's on third, and I go, I'm sorry, guys. And they go, what? I go, that guy at the plate? He will get it done. And he roped it into left field, and they looked at me like I was a genie. I was just lucky enough to see him in practice to know he was going to get it done. So then he's on first. And the Dodger fans look at me and go, crap, this is going to extras. And I said, I don't know. If he gets the chance at first, he's going to do something to make this game end. And what does he do? It's two outs, and Kinsler checks swings and drops it into right field. So it's two outs, so Fletcher's running on, on contact. He's rounded second hard, and he hits third hard. And you got Puig in right field. No offense, but his baseball IQ is not up there, in my opinion. <laughs> so as he's rounding third, he rounds it really hard like he's going home after Puig bobbles it a little bit. And, you know, Puig has that arm. He wants to show off like, oh, you can't run on me. Throws it in. Grandal can't handle the hop. Fletcher scores easily on the throwaway. Game over. Just like that. Three pitches later, game over. You had a runner on first, two outs after a walk. Eh, not the end of the world. One steal, three pitches later, game's over. All because of a little feel and a little clutchness. And the thing is, for Angel fans, the good news is you've had all these injuries and it's looked like the end of the world. You know, you're a lot of games back and you were really close earlier and you think it's the end of the world. The good news is now you're seeing you have a future. You still have Mike Trout, and you have these prospects coming up who have filled in for all the injured guys. You, you have the, almost you have a lot of the players from the Salt Lake Bees up there who are doing a great job. That just points even better to the future. And I just want everyone to take note that it's not all about home runs and strikeouts in baseball right now. If you really watch the game, uh, watch a game with me, I'll try to point out the best I can for you. If you really watch a baseball game, like seeing the feeling and knowing that David Fletcher was going to come up clutch and then he forced the throwing error from Puig and you see how much it really changes the game. You don't just read the box score that Kinsler gets single to right, throwing error by Puig, game over. No, you watch him hit second hard, hit third hard, throw the brakes on and see that ball go away and take back off. That's really watching baseball. That's what baseball's really about, and it's nice to see that it's still happening in baseball. I want to make sure it keeps happening. Well, we're, all, we're all about home runs and strikeouts right now. We need to make sure that we keep the IQ of baseball flowing. All right, that was the last call for the week. Thanks for tuning in. Go to facebook.com slash moosesmulligans. Give us a like. Our official website is moosesmulligans.weebly.com. This is your favorite sports podcast for money, talks, and BS walks. I'm your host, Alex Dreisek. We'll see you next week.